It is transfer silly season again. So we thought we'd record a little transfer show. Um, but Chris, first things first, Daniel Sturridge's dog's returned. Thank God, mate. Thank God. I felt for him big time. I mean, losing a dog is terrible, isn't it? What what a poor lad. Oh, it's criminal. It's, it was such an emotional outpouring for Danny Sturridge on his Twitter. And his it was, did you see his Instagram? He posted about six pictures of his dog pleading. Desperately, like offering cash left, right, and center. I mean, what a Yeah, there was uh, some stuff going around Twitter saying Daniel Sturridge is going to be in John Wick 4 to go and get his dog back. But <laughs> thankfully, Lucci, Lucci the Poochie has returned. Um, as, have, as have we to the podcast scene, having had a little bit of a break. Um, and we come back as six times European champions. We do indeed, yeah. And uh, it, it's fairly fitting, to be honest. It has been about a year to the day that we started the red debate um and we started one of our first ever ones actually was it was a transfer podcast which was one of our most listened podcasts um so so you're right it's been a hell of a few months for the club and um yeah we're back it's good to be back and we're well i'm desperately looking forward to the new season what about you yeah same mate it's, i'll just go out to some of our regular listeners um it was pretty nice. Um, we, we had a bit of a break for, I guess, personal reasons, really. We've both been busy. You're on the way to getting married. You just had your stag do. Um, so we've had a bit of a break for, you know, busyness reasons. But we, it was really nice to get messages from people asking when the pod's coming back. So we thought we'd, um, we we'd honour that with another transfer show. Yeah, um, and we're, but as, we're both committed to nailing it throughout the season, to be fair, aren't we? Yeah, we'll 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 cra- we'll crack at it. The feedback's been really good. Um, as you say, we're a year on. Um, so so yeah, we did we did the um the Champions League preview before Kiev, and then followed up Kiev with the uh, the Fabinho deal, which obviously came immediately off the back of that. Not quite been as busy this summer so far, has it? No, it's a little underwhelming. I think everyone thought that um, after the Fabinho deal last year, it would be potentially some of the same this year, and we'd wrap business up early and do it under the radar, but. We've got the two youngsters in, um, but very little other, well, very little else is going on. And I guess, I think that we're possibly in the market for one player, but that could all change if outgoings happen, I guess. Yeah, I I mean, to to mirror the uh, Fabinho deal, um, that one came completely out of nowhere. And I think what we've seen as a result, um, I mean, the circumstances are different for us this summer, but it's been all smoke and mirrors from the Liverpool journalists. Obviously, the Liverpool journos have been playing things down, and then you've got think people like the French media saying that you know it's been quite a contrast. Um, but you know, there's there's obviously um, there's obviously the fact that we've what we've got to live with now is that we're we're a target club. We're all of a sudden we're a club that agents want to link their players to um, for a multitude of reasons. Um, I mean, we were on the back of last summer, but perhaps not to the degree we are now. We are undoubtedly an immensely attractive proposition. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, it's it, the last two seasons have been the first time ever I think the club have been able to compete for big fees, um, as highlighted by the Van Dyke and the Allison deals. You know, before that, there was always that argument back in the day where when, when we signed Andy Carroll, um, the stat going around was like he was the first and only £35 million player. And it was like, comparing the other squads of how many 35 million plus players they had and ours was always only one um you know Suarez they were all a lot cheaper than that um 
and yet United... They were middling fees at the time, weren't they? Yeah, middling fees at the time, yeah. So it, it is quite refreshing from a fan's perspective as well that we seem very prepared to to go up towards, you know, the, that £100 million player. And I, I'm sure that within so, the next two years, we'll, we will break that 100 mark. So so I'll put it to you now then, and it's interesting that you talk about the next few years because I, I, I'm looking at things in terms of Liverpool's tr- transfer strategy being a more of a long-term thing than a medium-term thing. I'll start with my first question to you. Um, do, do you think, we, we'll come to specific players shortly, like, like we did the last uh, last one of these we did last summer. Um, I'll come to, we'll come to specific players, but do, do you think that we've got a big player in us this year, this summer? Yes. I think... Do you th- Go on. Yeah, I was going to say, do you, can you see us spending big on one player? I can, yeah, because I, I don't necessarily think we will, but I can see it happening. And I think there is probably a shortlist out there of players that can improve this first eleven, And that's hard to do now because the first eleven are excellent, um, particularly if you're looking in like attacking options. Um, but I, I do feel like mistakes that we made previously, um, Brendan Rodgers made it, you know, almost won the league, signed a load of like mid, mid-grade players. Um, if we don't capitalise on this Champions League momentum and finishing second in the league, you know, I think five years on, if, if we don't go on and get that marquee player and really continue to improve the squad and we end up fleshing out the squad with more like your Lalana type players, um, I think we could look back and regret it, which which would be really tough to take because, you know, we're we're very very light on the squad still. And although I just said we should be looking at players to improve the first eleven, obviously if you improve the first eleven, you then improve the squad because one of the other boys will have to drop out. So I, I think we yeah, should we should because and he starts we, to become your subs, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So I, I think we should and we will be looking at superstars I, I i agree with you about it. I, I would be absolutely stunned if we end this summer without um buying a player that goes straight into the first team not necessarily start straight away but a player that gets into every match day squad i'd be stunned if we don't do that yeah um and i i think probably that that's the origin of most fans worry that we don't capitalize on this obvious incredible position of strength that we're in so should we should we just um should we move back towards the agenda slightly i, I suppose talking about capitalising on the position of strength is shouldered quite nicely by the business that some of our neighbours have been doing. Um, obviously, we've seen Spurs do almost what we did with Fabinho last summer, um, coming from the second place finish in the Champions League to making a big midfield signing. Um, and Tango Ndombele is a player that you and I are both big fans of. Um, yeah. He looks like a great buy for them. Yeah, they have done, I have to say, from my perspective, they've done some great business. They've done exactly what they needed to do. That, exactly. that, that signing for them is exactly, yeah, it, that's what they needed. And they've done it. So, um, like, how worried are you? Do you think that is what, like, do you think that is the missing piece for them or do you still think they're a long way off? Because if you compare them to someone like Man United, who, yes, they bought yeah. Wan-Bissaka, they got Daniel James in, but they've also lost Herrera, Valencia, um, some of their other, like, squad players. But, you, you get the feeling that Spurs were maybe one or two like pieces away from, you know, doing the puzzle, and but United yeah, on the yeah. other hand, where there's a lot of work there. So I, I am a little bit concerned about Spurs. Yeah, they, it's just gone up on Sky Sports Twitter that they're in talks with Danny Chibayos as well, who I think is another good player. Um, I think Spurs for me are on the. We, we've advanced so much 
that Spurs, the signings of Ndombele and to a lesser degree Chibayos are more signings that make me jealous than worried, if I'm honest. I love Ndombele. I think he's a brilliant footballer. But I don't see Spurs, unless it truly all clicks together, I don't see them challenging us in City. Um, how about yourself? I, I do agree. I, I still think there are a few players short, I have to say. Um, you know, particularly areas where they've got first-team players who are locked in pretty much for for starting next year. I, I still don't think they're good enough when you're up against a team like Man City or and us. No. But if they do, you go and get... Um, I think... Um, go on. I was going to say, I think they're a, a brilliant wide-attacking player short. Yeah, I was about to say that. If, if they go and get one more wide attacker who can chip in more goals to support Kane, yeah. uh, it's a different story, I guess. I mean, that is one position that they're very weak in, in the central midfield position. You know, if you're starting Harry Winks, Dyer, and Wanyama 25 to 30 games each season, then that, that's an issue for me. Yeah. So, big upgrade. And a revived Musa. But yeah, but but anyway, one team who aren't weak in the central areas and the wide attacking areas is Man City, um, and they've added another top class central midfielder in in Rodri. Um, what are you, what's your thinking about that? My thinking is that he's another just great squad player that they're gonna they're gonna end up with, a, with an even better bench than last year probably. Um, I can't see him going straight into the first eleven. Can you? Well, there's been some talk. I listened to a Man City found on another podcast um, saying that there's talk around their place that Fernandinho might drop back and play as a centre-back and take company's place there in the squad. Um, but but yeah, I, I don't know. He's obviously the Fernandinho replacement for future years. Um, it's yeah. a good bit of succession planning. He he's, um, he's I mean, he even compared himself to Busquets. It, it, it's a natural comparison, a big six-foot-three, calm, composed defensive midfielder. Um, I mean, you know, we're we're well equipped in that position. So, uh, likewise with Ndombele, we were never going to really make those moves. But they're they're two top tier footballers, really, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And I, I so from my perspective, I think if they did move Fernandinho back into the centre back position, that would be uh, an area that I'd look to exploit for the opposition. To be honest, same. I, I, I think Fernandinho is absolutely world class, but. So, Not as a centre back. I, I part of me feels like we've been clinging on to this prospect that him, him, Aguero, David Silva are all in decline. Fernandinho at times last season was as good as I've seen him be. Yeah. Um. So perhaps you know, whilst Rodri looks like an excellent pro- prospect and his underlying statistics are great, I don't necessarily see that in in the immediate future he markedly improves their first team. No, yeah, um, I agree. I think he I may think may well do eventually. Yeah, I think Fernandinho was up there with the players of the season last year. He was absolutely brilliant. He was good. Yeah, yeah, he had he had his moments, didn't he? But um, along with players of the season, there's a new, we've got a new contract for Deadly Divock. God, if you, if we're talking moments of the season, maybe, but yeah, I'm not letting you have players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what what a, I mean, what a roller coaster for the boy. The start of last season, you think never never going to have a career at Liverpool. Now he's signing a new contract. Um, I mean, there's a statement from the club and from him that he's he's decided to play presumably second fiddle again to Firmino. But he obviously thinks that he's going to get enough minutes to you know crack on in his career. And if he keeps scoring those big goals, it, he's, he's quickly going to establish himself as a bit of a Liverpool great, to be fair. Because even though he's not getting that many minutes, 
the memories from this season will just never be forgotten. Yeah, he's a, he's a cult hero already, isn't he? But it's an interesting link point that you make about him um, you know, committing to happily being sort of asked go-to substitute. The reason I wanted to include his contract talk in this transfer show is because I feel like that move was the move that Liverpool needed to make um, first before thinking about signings. If Let's say we had sealed Nicolas Pepe the day after the Champions League before he went off to the AFCON. I don't think you get Divock Origi signing the contract. No, true. And I suppose with Sturridge going, there's a risk that you let too many players go and then suddenly we're very, very short. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so, yeah, so, so I'm pretty happy about that. I, I, I can see Divock being sold the argument from Klopp that he's going to get similar amounts of minutes and Klopp wants him to make a similar impact starting what's going to be a lot of games next season. Um, but the two, the, two, the two lads who have come in then, uh, what what have you read? What do you know of the two boys, um, Sepp Vandenberg and Harvey Elliott? So I know a little bit about Harvey, Harvey Elliott. Obviously, he's the youngest player to feature in the Premier League. Um, from what you read about him, he sounds like he's he's very ambitious. He's very confident in his own ability. And obviously, being English, we seem to have got him as an absolute snip of a price. But... Uh, I'm, I, I get it. We're, we're signing for the future. Uh, same with Seth van der Berg as well. I mean, I haven't really seen him much of him of you, but he looks like he's a he's a real like physical but decent ball player as well. Yeah. So I've just tweeted on our, our main Twitter site actually a piece by Total Football Analysis looking at his playing style. Um, which for anyone who wants to learn a bit more about Seth, that's going to be more informative than what we're about to say. Um, I'm not going to lie, I hadn't heard of him. Night. before but he played he played 20 games for Pex Waller in the Eredivisie this season managed for half of it by Epstam um, he's six foot well I mean his the website says he's six foot two but he was stood next to Jürgen in the um, yeah, in the uh, welcome video and he's bigger than Jürgen so he's got to yeah. be more than six foot two but but 90% pass accuracy 4.84 interceptions per game he, his numbers look good um, for a kid his age but I think, as you say, we're, it looks like the recruitment drive is to pick up the, you know, the, the, the Kiana Hervers, the Seth Vandenbergs, the Harvey Elliotts. Basically, the Matthias Delicts before they go to Juventus for 60 million or the Mbappes before they go to PSG for however many millions it was. Um, load. Um, it's, it, it, it's the kind of business that you look back on and you think, yeah, fair play. Um, it's, it's your Joe Gomez is from Charlton for 2 million. Um, so yeah. I, I'm fairly happy about those, perhaps not in isolation. If they, if that was all we did, I'd feel a bit worried. Um, to go back yeah. to the same point, really, I think I but... do agree there. I do agree. But when you read going going back to Harvey Elliott, when you read um, who we have supposedly beaten for his signature, and you're looking at the likes of Real Madrid, uh, Man United, and Paris Saint Germain, I just love that because I really feel like as a club we're back in not only. In, a, in playing terms, but we're back in the mix of competing against the elite, not only on the field, but off the field as well. And I think for a long time, yeah. we're playing second fiddle of like, the Philip Coutinho, our best players would want to leave. Whereas I think now, our best players would only leave for an outrageous fee. Yeah, yeah. I and agree. the, the same, like young, young players want to play for us. Yeah, I can't see any of our boys leaving this summer, but you're very right. The um the team in in the links 
linked or the clubs linked to Harvey Elliott that interests me most, actually, in a weird way. Is obviously, you've mentioned all the powerhouses that were linked to him, um, but he was linked to Red Bull Leipzig as well, who are notorious for um, their use of analytics and so on in their approach um, in, in their scouting networks. And it, it, there's an argument that we've actually come back towards the top of the powerhouse status through such brilliant um, uh, recruitment based on analytics, amongst other things. Um, yeah, so, so yes. But but should we cut to the chase and should we talk about the big boys then that we've been linked to? Um, Let's do it. Who, any, any of them you particularly want to start talking about? Because there have been a few names flying around. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with one that I think you're probably not going to agree with. But <laughs> Nicolas Pepe, don't want him, don't rate him, don't think we need him, Over, overpriced, and I'd be very disappointed if we end up signing him. Thoughts? Th- my thoughts on that matter are that a. I'll start by saying he's the one who I think we will do. I think we will do Nicholas Pepe. Um, so do I. I can, uh, un- unlike some of the transfer dealings that you and I have disagreed with on in the past. Um, you weren't too keen on Fakir at the time, and I was. Unlike that one back last summer, I couldn't see the downside before the knee stuff right before the knee stuff with Pepe I can see your arguments um his numbers are good 22 goals in Ligue 1 um albeit nine penalties um bettered only by Mbappe um but I can see the argument for him being far overpriced um at the quote is sort of 70 million euros or whatever it is um why do you, what is it about him that you don't like stylistically or it's not necessarily stylistically because he's a player who's quite vers- versatile across the front he's potentially the upgrade of someone like Shakiri what i don't think yeah. he's more di- he's more direct than Shakiri he, he is more direct he scores more goals and he, he's a better dribbler but like he's one of those lads who could come in and play left right possibly down the middle but £70 million is absolutely outrageous. Um, but is it now, though? But is it now, though? But is it now, though? Because you've got someone like Florent Tovan who's going to go to West Ham for 40-plus and Anders. Yeah, but it, my, po- my point comes back to my original point of improving the first team. Who are you going to drop for yeah. Nicolas Pepe? Because he's not going to start ahead of any of the big three. In which case, why no, do you spend you, £70 you, million on someone that we just don't need and isn't going to improve our first eleven? All right, then we're, we're nil-nil with Man United in the same situation as last year. Do you want to bring on Divock Origi or Nicolas Pepe? Of course, you'd probably bring on Nicolas Pepe, but if you're going to spend... But do you not think that... Address an issue that either get a player that you absolutely will start, like Mbappe-esque. Yeah. I know we're not yeah. going to probably sign him, but or spend it in an area that you actually can improve. So in yeah. my mind, you'd be looking at possibly another centre-back or the Naby Keita position. Oh, I mean, it's a can of worms. I, I think that's a wider discussion in itself as to whether we need another wide forward or we need strengthening in other areas. Um, the, the, the thing about Pepe that I do really like is what he offers. I, I think we need a wide forward that can do a Mane job, that can do a Salah job. And at a push, can do a Bobby job. Yeah. And I think he fits that profile perfectly. It, ironically, the other two lads who are basically the the perfect example of that in my mind of Usman Dembele and Kylian Mbappe, both of whom for different reasons are unlikely but still keep getting linked. Um, See, I, I would much rather Dembele 
than Mbappe or than no, not then not than Mbappe than than Pepe yeah I mean I'd much rather Mbappe but unless we've got two hundred yeah. then it's not going to happen. Well, I mean, park the thought on Mbappe because a tiny glimmer of me thinks that there's a possibility it happens next year if we don't do any business this summer. But um, I, I agree with you. Ousmane Dembele is probably the one of the boys that we've been linked to this summer that would make me go, yeah, fucking hell, we're going to win the league next season. Yeah, I mean, he, he is dynamite. But at the same time, would he, would he start? I asked the same question. Who do you, who do you drop for him? I, t- I mean, we've seen Klopp, you and I seem to talk about this a lot when we do these shows, but we've seen Klopp flirt with the idea of the 4-2-3-1 shape a lot. Yeah, I think true. there's another space, if, if, you, if you're looking at starting all of these boys, there's another space in the team for a wide forward and playing two midfielders. Yeah, that's fair, you know, fair you know, point. Yeah. Um, anyone else Anyone else we've been linked to? I, 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 I'll go back to the point. I feel like Pepe just has a feel of a player that we will do. Have you seen uh, Get French Football or GFFN, whatever they're called, on Twitter just tweeted saying that um, it's fantastically entertaining watching Liverpool um, brief the media about Pepe? <laughs> oh dear. All that speculation just... That, that's why his price is so bloody high. He'll end up signing for someone like Everton for 50 mil and he'll be shit. Oh, mate, I think he'll go to a Champions League team. Do you? So that, uh, yeah, the club have said he's leaving. Yeah. Interesting. And and what's his name? Mohamed Boufassi, the French journalist, is insistent that we're very interested. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. It's... I'm going to chuck another player into the mix. Uh, not as direct, but can play in most of those positions. We've been linked recently. I think it's probably bullshit because there's a lot of chat of Mane going the other way, but Asensio. Now, Asensio is a really interesting player for me because his 18-19 wasn't brilliant but his 17-18 did look it. Um, we actually got linked to him at the start of 17-18 when he was sort of pre on the scene and then he, and then he was scoring bangers left, right and centre in 17-18. Yeah. Um, he, he's never... He, he, he's the kind of player I watch and I must admit, he, he dovetails for me a little bit with Isco in that you watch them both, they're neither really nailed on starters, uh, but they're both good impact players, and, and they, they do both get a lot of game time between them. I must admit, I've always preferred Isco of the two, but Asensio is the one that recurrently gets linked. Um, See, he wasn't I, quite I, as good this season when I watched him, but... Yeah, I think they're actually quite different players. Um, they are know, different players, but they, play, they, they cover the same positions, don't they? They do, they do, but... I think Asensio's at the very start of his career still. And as you said, like one great year, one not so good year. And for some, like, I don't really understand why he's so out of favour, but he's still only 23, I think. Yeah, he is, yeah. I think yeah. he's 23, yeah. And I just think his ability to play anywhere along the front line. So, so for me, someone like this guy would be, the impact would be, do you remember when Salah, well, of course you do, but when Salah went off against Real Madrid, and Lanala came on, and immediately yeah. the shape changed. We lost all of our pace, and it wasn't even yeah. Lanala's fault necessarily. You know, he worked his socks off, but you just can't replace speed of attack with someone like Lanala. And in my head, if we oh yeah, yeah. someone like Mid- Isco, Madrid's, yeah, um, it wouldn't Madrid's be line comes up great ten fit. yards immediately. Yeah, so I, I really like. No, I, I agree. I I, 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 I can't see Isco happening. Yeah, yeah. I think if if it. Um, if the Essential stuff does happen, we're in for a real treat. 
but from what you read, the price is about seventy million as well. If you if if it's a case of Pepe or Asensio, I'm going definitely Asensio because I just think he has real pedigree. He really, yeah, yeah, he has real pedigree. See, I look at them both and imagine them both as the player in two years' time. We look back on and go, Michael Edwards pulled him out of the hat there. In in the way that we do now about Salah from Roma and Sadio Mane from Southampton, I can I can see them both like taking it to the next level, both Asensio and Pepe. Um, but I, if, I don't know. I just I just think Pepe's direct style is more what this squad could do with another body of. Yeah, man, he'd add more goals, I guess, because I think one of the criticisms of our current squad is that bar the front three, there's there's not enough goals elsewhere, like subs included. Where are you guys coming from? Yeah. 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 Uh, Asensio makes stuff happen, though. He was 11th, even even last season, in what was considered a, a poor year for him by his standards, admittedly only as a 23-year-old um, in, a, in a flailing Madrid side. But um, he was 11th in La Liga for expected assists per 90. Um, only one Madrid player got more. Um, that was Lucas Vasquez. So Asensio got 0.29 expected assists per 90. Um, Vasquez got 0.28. Um, it is good. It's, it, apparently, it's only third um, behind Messi and Iago Aspas amongst forward players. So, mm. you know, his underlying numbers are good. And, and as we touch on, these things don't go unnoticed by um, our recruitment boys. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think one one thing one difference between Madrid and Lille is that um, Madrid probably need to shift a few players. Yeah, they seem to be spending big, don't they? Um, which means that players like Asensio are not they're going to get even less minutes. So there does need to be a bit of freeing up of cash. And um, see, I think seventy million for Asensio is actually good business for us. If if he is around that mark, we should pay it. Yeah, one of my favourite little storylines about Asensio. Did you hear all that stuff about him trying to uh, chirps up Dua Lipa after the Champions League final? Yeah. Well, in fact, apparently, apparently Zidane had a word in his head, a word in his ear, because apparently his head wasn't on the game because he was trying to trying to talk to her before the game. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that from the boy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, another one that doesn't seem to go away is Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, see, again, that's it's not one that I'm that keen on. What about you? I mean, it's it's so hard to look at his numbers and his highlight reels of like consistent thirty-yard screamers. It's so hard to look at that alongside the numbers and question it. But I am I am questioning it on the pure basis that I don't really see where he plays for us. He he would he would almost certainly play in the advanced midfield role that we saw Jordan Henderson occupy towards the last stage of the season. So you sort of Fabinho six, Cato or Wijnaldum eight, and then it has been Henderson of late as a ten. The just sort of right of the three a little bit more advanced. He he'd probably play there. And there'll be people listening to this screaming going, how can you list Henderson as our current option and say that Bruno Fernandez isn't an upgrade? But uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be disappointed if we signed him. Obviously not. But the, the times I've seen him turn out for Portugal, he hasn't impressed me at all. No, I totally agree. And I think if it wasn't Henderson, he could probably do the navigator position as well or, or the genie position. Um, but I, I just think he is one of those players who plays in a very poor league. There's no point scaring about the bush here. The, the Portuguese league is just not good. Um, 
He hasn't really impressed every time I've watched him play. And back when he was in Serie A, I don't remember him being overly impressive for either Udinese or Sampdoria. Um, very underwhelmed. I've I, I been... heard of him at Sampdoria. I, I heard of him, yeah. But when he signed for Sporting, I just thought, you know, bit of a nothing move. And I get he's kicked on and his yeah, numbers he, are good this year. He's but... had two... Yeah, no, he's ma- he's majorly kicked on. He's only 24 still. Um, but he... Uh... He didn't really. He got ten in eighty-eight for Udinese and five in thirty-three for Sampdoria, and all all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's had two back-to-back massive goal-scoring seasons. Um, but he's another one who's going to cost probably eighty million. Um, like there's 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 talk from people on Twitter that you know you can question whether they just create these accounts just to cause a stir and get themselves some followers. But there are a few Twitter accounts that are pinning themselves on this being legit um, and it seems to have got Liverpool Twitter into a bit of a frenzy um, have, have, you, have you seen much much um, linking us to him beyond Twitter no not not really beyond Twitter I've actually read more about him um, signing for United to be honest and he's one of those players where he's very marketable from a from a YouTube highlight Same. reel point of view yeah no agreed I, he, he seems he seem it seems a more likely move for him to go to Man United, to be honest, than to come to us. I, I, I that's one I just can't see happening for some reason. Yeah, I agree. He he does seem like a better fit for them, and he's he is what they need, to be honest. Um, especially if Pogba does go, I don't think he'd start for us. Saying it, no, I I don't either. I don't either. I I think Oxlade coming back in is is more significant than than we sometimes remember. Um Oxlade's statistics were fantastic um in seventeen eighteen. You know, he this wasn't really at all what I expected of Oxlade when we signed him. But he um I was looking today at some of the numbers about um uh the, the like leading leading presses and um Oxlade's seventeen eighteen season, in which he played one thousand eight hundred ninety seven minutes, he he had the most presses per ninety um, of any Liverpool player under Klopp. Thirty five one presses per ninety. I, I I really wasn't expecting that from Oxlade, and I know I know that's not what we're directly comparing him to Bruno Fernandes, but Oxlade it just seems like such a Klopp player in this midfield. I bet Klopp's more buzzing than anyone to have him back. Yeah, yeah. well he he said didn't he when. Uh... When Lalana and Ox were uh, coming back in for their first day the other day, he said it's like having two new players back. Uh, and I think you're right about Oxlade. I'm not. I'm not so sure about the role Lalana has to play, but if he can find his form again and stay fit, which is the crucial thing, I guess he could. He could still offer something. He's an, he's another body that knows the system at the end of the day, isn't he? And I'm I'm sure Adam Lalana's worth his weight in gold around the place. Um, but I reckon less said about Lalana, the better on a transfer show. Um, other than, can you? Do you think he'll stay? Yes, I, I do as well. I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can't see any circumstance in which we sell him unless he's desperate to leave. Um, yeah. Uh, primarily because I don't know who would buy him, um, and I don't see any club offering a fee that would make us look good and go, yeah, that's un. Uh, you know, that's impossible to not accept. Um, yeah. One, uh, I'll come to another lad who whose name keeps cropping up. Junior Firpo, Batiste. Um, have you seen much about this at all? I've read a little bit about it. Yeah, I mean, he's another one. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying exactly the same stuff every time. Here, but he does strike me as just a bit too raw. Um, 
not sure. You know, he hasn't had much experience at um, top class level, and when I mean top class level, obviously, like he's a kid. He's a kid, though. Well, he's twenty. He's twenty-two. You know, I wouldn't say he's a kid. And I just he's he's another one where we've got Andy Robertson at left back. He he realistically he's not going to start. So depending on the price, um, you know, why why bother signing him? Why go for someone like that? I, I get that we do need backup for Robertson, but I think there are better options for us that would fit better. Yeah, I I agree. It would seem like a fucking madness to go out and spend 45, 50 million or whatever the, the Portuguese media are saying on a backup left back. Or sorry, not Portuguese media, Spanish media. They're saying on a backup left back. I, 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 he looks like the sort of player we would target had we not signed Andy Robertson. Um, but I, I can really see us just doing another season of Milner, second choice left back. Yeah. Genuinely. Well, what about Klein? He's a bit of a forgotten man, but he can play right or left back. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get people's argument for Klein. I, the way I look at it is, I know, I know Klein played against United out of the cold. But if we, if we were playing, let's say, someone like Arsenal um, early on in the season, and Robbo picks up a knock, even if we sign Junior Firpo, I bet you anything Klopp is looking at his squad and, fuck it, I'll stick Jimmy Milner there. The the only circumstance in which I could see Firpo being a useful and definite choice is if Robbo gets done for the season, and Klopp, and Klopp wants to because what Milner offers at left back is very different to what Robertson offers at left back. I think Firpo is probably being looked at if he is if at all as being a direct like for like um, player that can fit into the system of really high wing backs that are going to register you lots of assists. I don't I like Milner does a different job, doesn't he? But I think as a stopgap. I think we'll do another season of Milner Gomez and, as you say, maybe even Clyde. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do, I do agree. It would, it would seem a point yeah. for us to get him. Yeah. Well, one lad who's, whose name keeps coming up is Adam Lewis. Um, and I know he's not really even been training with the first team this preseason, but his name keeps coming up. Um, but another name who um, the academy staff, by all accounts, really rate is that LaRucci kid. Um, yeah. I mean, we're probably too far off for these boys um, to be properly uh, properly involved. But Lasse Yerucci, um, is we signed him from Oxair originally as a winger, but he's he played left back for the, for the youth levels. Um, he's only yeah. eighteen years old, so he he could be another one. Well, my worry um, about that is that I think I think we got away with it last season at, at times of players not getting injured. Um, yeah, yeah, we got fortunate. Didn't we? Yeah, we did get fortunate, but you don't want to be, if, if we're realistic about challenging on all fronts, and yes, we challenged on Champs League and Premier League, um, if we want to do that again and compete in domestic cups as well, and obviously we've got the Club World, uh, uh, the Club World Cup as well. Yeah. You don't want to be relying on kids, basically. You know, I'd like to see us pad out the squad with better options. What One thing City had the edge on is yeah. just their options off the bench. We were turning to players like Shakiri too often. He really, really did go off the ball, uh, boil at the end of last season. Um, yeah. And there were times where we didn't actually have a change, really. It was like Sturridge. Fortunately, the Origi change obviously came back into play later in the season, but... If you compare, but compare it can't have been the, looked at, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. And and City have have changes in abundance in every single position. Um, they're an embarrassment. So, of rich, so, rich, but... so, oh, I I completely agree. But I'll come back to a point that you made earlier, 
Do you not think that therefore means that there is an argument for saying that you have to just hold your hand up and say, fuck it, we do have to go and spend 70 million on a, on a backup lad that may not immediately start, but is going to be like your Riot Mara's kind of option that, you know, might get you 10 goals from the bench. Do you not think we have to now look at that as a recruitment option? That's a fair point. That is a fair point. But I think that would only apply if you're very happy with your first 11. Um and I think we probably are happy with our first eleven, but there's a lot of work I, I think I think we can still do to improve, particularly the central midfield role and Virgil Van Dyke's centre back partnership. And I say that very very lightly because I'm a huge fan of Joe Gomez, but given his injury record, yeah, I, you I, won't I, find I, a bigger I, Joe Gomez fan yeah. than me. But but I would have been quite up for us getting Delict. Yeah, I mean, you 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 know, I would have done as well if it wasn't for the economical structure of things. What well, one thing that we haven't talked about this podcast um, that happens when you sort of join the the super club uh, kind of purchase battles is that you have to end up playing these pay, paying these players mega money, and then you start getting your mega players questioning why they're not getting the same money. Um, that that's one big positive to be said for fishing around. The- the likes of Asensio and Pepe that you know aren't going to come in and immediately demand 250 grand a week. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because Delict, whilst the transfer fee is not going to be astronomical, it looks like he's probably going to earn a fucking shitload at Juventus, um, which then probably leads to your manager getting Van Dyke, getting Salah, getting money, knocking on his door, asking for 100 grand a week more. And next thing, next thing you know, um, your yearly outgoings have taken a massive hit hike up. Um, going, but going back to sort of sensible business deals, it wouldn't be a Liverpool transfer show if I didn't, between me and you anyway, if I didn't mention Liverpool Fakir. Can you see <laughs> a cut price move for Fakir being a low risk option for us? I cannot see it, and I don't think it will happen. Hold on, is that you don't want it? Is that you don't want it, or you can't see it? Bit of both, to be honest. Um, I I just think. We've moved on from that time. I um, think we've improved, yeah. Yeah, we've improved. And like everyone was saying that we need the Coutinho replacement. I mean, realistically, we're a much better team than we than we were with Coutinho. As much as I loved him, and I think he probably would get back in our team now, we're a totally different outfit. I now. do as well. And I think had, yeah, we, we, are. had we have signed Fakir, it just, I, I, I always said I don't, don't think it would have been a good fit because... Where would you play him? Was my question. If you play him in the central role, uh, which there was a lot of chat about, you lose your shape, which worked so well for us uh, this season. If you play him in one of the attacking roles, you then obviously have to drop one of the other boys. So for me, he was always going to be sort of like a a backup option anyway. Um, I I just don't think we need him. He's one of those players that doesn't really have a position. And I get, I get that he can play no. in multiple positions, but it, it, for me, he's not what we need. If if there's another name that needs to be chucked in the mix, it's got to be my boy, <laughs> Mauro Icardi. Really? I thought you were going to say Hakim Ziyech. Icardi's gone weird. Icardi's gone, yeah. I was expecting him to get a big move. He's, what's, what's happened to him? Well, he's, he's definitely leaving, isn't he? Um, I, I'm genuinely surprised that no one's actually bought him yet. Um, I don't don't really Do you not get. Think that's because he's a wrong'un. Yeah, he's a mad fuck, isn't he? But 
He's, still, he's a mad he's fuck, yeah. He's a great player. Like if I, most clubs, yeah. I think, in the Premier League should be. I'm thinking of like your Arsenal's, your Uniteds. If you're gonna spend whatever it was, seventy-five million on fucking Lukaku or something like that, you might as well get a cut price deal for Icardi, who is definitely leaving. That's my take on it. See, I, I think we're. I, I agree. I think he's, he's his numbers are really good. I think he's a handful, and I think we we've we've got to a level now where we don't need to take a Mario Balotelli esque gamble on possibly having talent outweigh risk. I don't think we need to do that now. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, for the money, he did, oh God, he's a, he's controversial, isn't he? You, you, there'll be people screaming at this, going, "What the fuck, Mario Cardi?" But he's he, he's a really good player. But um. Well, I mean, it's. It, I guess part of part of our recruitment has been looking at undervalued players. Um, may, maybe that gets blown out of the water with Allison and Van Dyke, but you could argue that they both were undervalued and that they're both worth a lot more now. Um, but so is that you saying a, a no to an undervalued Fakir? It would define undervalued for Fakir. How much are we talking? Well, well, I guess we're talking, let's say, thirty-five million euros, as a, as opposed to what might be seventy for one of the boys we mentioned at the top of the show. So, if he was thirty-five million euros, I'd say we should snap him up. I am inclined to agree. The the romantic, like, aside from, um, in my mind, Naval Fakir is basically the gold standard Shakiri. He's he's a boy that doesn't yeah. have. A, Definitive position, but is really useful in a lot of them. Posts good numbers, excites you when he's off on the ball. You look at him as an option on the bench, and you think he could turn a game. Um, and if a Bobby Firmino was to get a six-month injury, you wouldn't be devastated at having to start him up top for the remainder of the season, as opposed to Tivok Origi, or you know, in a combination with Salah and Mane, who probably would do the do the nine role. He, he's that kind of player that I'd look at, and. Uh, the, the irony is he did get a few niggles this season, which you, you could you can deem are related to sort of the whole skeletal imbalance that a knee injury brings. But he didn't have any knee injuries. Um, uh, but I don't know. I'd like the romantic in me as well as the, the logical economical explanation for why it makes sense. Really wants him. I'd 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 be delighted for both him and the club, and excited about him as a player if we got him. I think. Yeah, I would. I would. I think it would be a blow for the likes of Shakiri and Lalana. But the situation you just said is, I'm sure, the, the number one fear for pretty much every Liverpool fan, apart from maybe Alisson or Van Dijk. But the Firmino six-month injury, who do you play up front? Because I'm, like, I'm, as much as I love Divock Origi, you know, there were times last season when he was absolutely terrible. And if, Mate, if the Champions League finally was dog shit. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> true. Um, and you don't want to be if, if you're serious about you know challenging for multiple tournaments. You, you don't yeah. want to be relying on someone like Divock Origi to, to play ten games in a row, critical games as well. Um, and yeah. maybe we're doing him a disservice given his heroics. But those goals were real moments of magic amongst a sea of quite shit performances. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I think Divock has to be looked at as someone who remains a moments player rather than rather than is someone who you, know, you, you, you rely on to hurt the big teams 
um, game in, game out. Um, th- that's why I go back to the point of, of thinking that what we need is an extra wide forward. That can, you know, you can rotate Mane through the middle like he did against Watford, or you can rotate Salah through the middle like he did a lot of the beginning of last season, um, or, or can possibly even play down the throat himself. Um, and that, and that's aside from Rian Brewster, who I think we'd probably need to um, see as sort of a luxury option, or you know, um, I don't think we can really include Rian Brewster in the numbers. I know Klopp keeps telling us that he's going to, but I don't really think we can include him in the numbers when we're thinking about our options. No, I agree. I agree. But um, but yeah. So go on then. So we've already signed Seth Vandenberg, Harvey Elliott. Um, how's it going to end? Who else are we going to get? I think we'll get Asensio. I really do. I think. Yeah, I, I, I really fancy that one. What about you? See, for me, I reckon it'll be Pepe, and then call it a day, um, which I'd be relatively happy with. But... I I definitely want another attacking player, and then I'd be happy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, we'll we'll reconvene as and when, if at all, that happens. Um, but I'd imagine it will. Um, but either way, you will hear from us soon. And thank you very much for listening. Thanks, everyone.